Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to Down in Alabama. My name's Ike Morgan, and they let me host this show. Usually, Lita Gore joins me on the occasional weekend episode, but she's chasing a breaking story right now. However, we're bringing in a ringer, and AL.com's William Thornton, veteran reporter of Alabama business and economics, author of fiction, never at the same time. How's it going, Bill? Absolutely. Pretty good. Just coming out of the bullpen. <laughs> We're glad to have you at the bullpen. More than the Braves right. had this year. And, and well, it's a tough job. Every, everybody needs a, a lights-out closer. Um, hmm. Bill did a series of stories on Alabama's recovery from the Great Recession, uh, that big contraction the nation went through beginning in 2008 with the credit crisis, something we're fairly recently emerging from, really. And uh, Bill, we'll talk about how Alabamians feel, like whether or not they've recovered and that sort of thing. But first, I want to ask about one particular part of your reporting. Are we really fatter now than we were pre-recession? Well, I'm not because I'm not eating lunch right now. But uh, <laughs> uh, we are, you know, it, it, the the question came up uh, and has come up in other places about the effect that the recession had on um, our waistlines, basically. And you know, it's if you look at the surface, it doesn't really make sense. Uh, hey, aren't you supposed to have less money during a recession? So how is yeah. it you can get fatter? But right. but if you look at it this way, okay, so you are you are worried about your job and you're nervous, so you might gravitate towards comfort food, you know, to kind of uh, make things better, you know, up in your head. So <laughs> you don't go to the healthy food. You go to the high fatty, high cholesterol type food that people, you know, like to munch on. Uh, you know, uh, one of the uh, dietitians that I talked to explained it this way: If you only had two dollars and you were hungry, are you going to buy two apples or are you going to buy a bag of chips? Well, most people will buy the bag of chips, uh, and that's the kind of quick and easy food solution that people go to. In a um, you know when things are kind of lean, um, and the more stress they're under, the more they eat, and you know, if it's if it's available, so mm -hmm. uh, it sort of makes sense that way. Uh, and you know you you are so you're you're piling up the pounds. Now you're getting even more kind of stress. So what do you do then? You eat, mm -hmm. and uh, is, anybody who's ever been through stress also knows that. If you are worried about something and you have time on your hands, 
exercising is probably not something you're going to do. You're going to have to push yourself to to have the inspiration to do that sort of thing. Yeah. So that so that it's kind of a vicious cycle if you think about it. It, it makes sense intuitively. Now the question is, did the recession start that? Well, some uh, there is some data, not specific to Alabama, but to other parts of the country and actually internationally, because this is becoming more of an issue overseas. But uh, there are some people who have tried to link it to the recession. The problem with that theory, though, is we as a nation have become more obese over the last 20 years rather than the last 10 years. It kind of spiked around the time of the recession, but we were already headed in that direction prior to the recession. Uh, I think I mentioned in the story that in 2000, there wasn't any state in the nation that was over 25% obesity. Now you got half of them. Yeah. And and that's I, just in less than 20 years. So I, I think, whether they have $2 or whether they have $20, a lot of people are going to reach for the chips instead of the apples. Yeah. I know I have an open what bag right here. So. <laughs> it was what I do, yeah. I think, I think yeah. I've, I've contributed to these numbers because i put on a few pounds over this time, but mm-hmm. um, I'm not taking all the blame for it. Well, you know, uh, I, I've i done my share as well. And uh, I, think, I, think that, uh, I think that that's something that a lot of people maybe can cop to how easy it is to just kind of alleviate that sort of thing. You know, you're in the gas station. Hey, give me that, give me that bag of chips. No, 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 the bigger mm-hmm. one over there, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah. And something we've looked at before and in other, with other contexts is that, that a lot of times cheaper food is, is, I mean, you, you eat it uh, not to pick on anybody, but you eat at McDonald's instead of going and getting a, a salmon, uh, gr- a grilled salmon salad somewhere or whatever. One other thing about Alabama, specific to Alabama, is that you have a lot of rural areas that they would consider what's called food deserts. You don't have upscale grocery stores unless you drive, unless you're prepared to drive 45 minutes to an hour to get there. Mm-hmm. What you have are these smaller markets where they have cheaper food. That is, you know, not junk necessarily, but it's also not the best stuff. You know, it's not the leanest beef. It's not the the best cuts of everything. So, and and your temptation is to grab it and go, and those sorts of things aren't necessarily the healthiest choices you can. Yeah, make. sure, sure. And then I, I don't know how many people had to move back in with their parents, but mama's cooking too. You know, you know, you know. Oh, yeah. you, uh, the, the parents are food pushers, no matter how old you get. Uh, <laughs> oh man, um, uh, I could go for some country fried steak right now with, that, with the gravy and everything. And I went down. You know, I'm from Panama City, and and the, mm-hmm. the hurricane hit, and and so a day later, I drive down to to help them out, and make sure they're okay. Well, they're in a place. They're in my aunt's house. They have no power or anything. I go in. There's there's a roast on the stove. I mean, oh, they, had, yeah. they didn't cook yeah. it on the stove. They cooked it with some other outdoor cook. But there is a roast, and she's trying to give me she's making me sandwiches when i pull when i get there and that's yeah that's uh that 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 contributes to obesity you just you just mentioned something about that 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 i didn't get into in the story but i did hear somebody say is that some of this may also be the rise in obesity i mean some of this may also be just a change in culture because you know our parents uh were more apt to stay in and cook food rather than go out to eat and you know, anybody who goes out regularly knows the calorie count's higher. You know, there's there's more sugar. There's more, you know, everything that's sort of bad for you. And the temptation to eat uh, a lot of unhealthy food 
is even larger mm-hmm. when you consider that rather than here I'm going to make this roast. I'm going to eat off in three or four days, and right. we're going to have roast beef sandwiches tomorrow. We're going to do this. We're going to warm this up and everything, and, and you know some stuff keeps longer than others. So that's another possible aspect of that. Yeah. Well, you know, we talk about the, the recession, the Great Recession, and the, the recovery. It was a it was a uh, it was such a deep recession that you expected it to be a long recovery, but it was really slow uh for several years and we're just now seeing the just now really getting above some of the numbers where unemployment in alabama is at 4.1 percent now that's what most economists i think would call full employment um mm-hmm. f- frictional employment or where people are between jobs it's always more than two percent and it can be you know higher than five but anyway um how people feel and how they perceive that they're doing or that the economy's doing can, can be a little different from what the numbers tell us. What are, I mean, have, have people, have the people in Alabama recovered from, from the, uh, the recession? There's two things to look at. Uh, it's true that Alabama's unemployment numbers are, we're getting into historic aspects. Now we're getting into uncharted territory in terms of how good the numbers are. Uh, Alabamians are, working in larger numbers than ever before. We have pretty much obliterated the uh, unemployment that uh, existed during the recession. And by that, uh, you know, it's it's important to note that economists date the beginning of the recession as actually being in 2007. But for the purposes of this story, we wanted to go with when we really started feeling the effects of it, which was during the slow motion crash of October 2008, when the stock market tanked after mm-hmm. uh, the failure of the, the bailout, and you know, just it, uh, everything pretty much mushroomed from that point. Uh, unemployment doubled within a year, basically after that. Mm-hmm. Two numbers to look at. First one is workforce participation. Uh, yes, there, you know, there's a lot of people who have jobs now. The, the larger question may be. Why are so many people not working? Uh, there, the the one of the aspects of the last ten years has been the number of people who, for whatever reason, have quit looking for jobs. And I was talking to an economist last week about this, and he he said, you know, that that number is still in a much higher level than it's ever been, at least in recent memory, since we started tracking it. Hmm. Now it's possible that as more jobs come on, you're going to have more of these people coming back into the workforce which you know will bring that number down. The other aspect is wages. Uh, we don't get median income numbers uh, as quickly as we do unemployment. For example, the federal number that usually comes out uh, is about two years old. So really the number, figures that we have are for 2016. But they still show us about $1,000 for a median family income in Alabama is still about $1,000 less than it was in 2008. So, so, and and anybody who uh, is alive will tell you that prices are nowhere near what they were in 2008. So, in some ways, we're making less money than we were 10 years ago, and everything costs more. And, so, and that, when that's the situation, go ahead. And that that one thousand dollars, I'll point out, a lot of people. I mean, most people kept their job. You know, unemployment yeah. went to like eleven point eight percent. Half the half the state wasn't laid off, so they kept their job. No. And most of those people, I would assume, had their salaries frozen, but still have the same salary. So, in order to get an mm-hmm. average of one thousand per household, that's a lot of people going back making ten thousand dollars less than they were before. 
Yeah, and and if you if you think about it too, the the um, there there are people who uh, may have been on the job, took a pay cut, or mm-hmm. uh, you you may have people who have switched jobs in the last ten years. But the bottom line is that if you are making about as much money as you were, you know, roughly ten years ago, and prices are have gone up in every sphere: gas, food, clothing you know, all the, all the main things, then it's, it's harder to feel like you've recovered from something because your, your spending power is down, your ability to save is, is constricted, and, you know, all those economic health indicators that, that economists look at, you're sitting there looking at your own finances going, well, what's really changed? So it's possible that there is, there's a significant amount of Alabamians who I'm sure feel that we're out of the, you know, recession. Uh, there's also probably a lot of Alabamians, maybe the ones who only finished high school, who are working in service jobs or other parts of the economy not related to manufacturing, some related to manufacturing, who are probably looking at their bank book going, is there been a recovery? I've I've missed it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, and some of it also may depend, you know, where you live, uh, uh, yeah. what parts of Alabama, Alabama you live in. Because, uh, their urban areas are doing much better than some of the rural areas. And, and you know, Alabama also had some places that bucked the trend over the last 10 years. Auburn Opelika saw tremendous growth over the last 10 years, as did Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's attributable to a lot of factors. But, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, you know, I was in Chambers County last week to do a story that ran yesterday about uh, uh, how – uh, Chambers County at one point had the highest unemployment in the state because of textile mills closing. And uh, since then, they uh, have rebounded to one of the best unemployment rates in the state. And how did they do it? Well, you go down there and you find that they have brought in a lot of jobs. But people who worked in the textile mills maybe for 30 years who uh, were used to the kind of security that they had in that job may not feel recovered because they haven't found something that gives them that same sense of security that they had in the old job. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because that's, I mean, that's a major life change. You still feel like you're displaced if you're, if you work somewhere for decades and then now you're in a job Mm -hmm. that may be your fit or maybe just the closest job to your house. Um, I can see that. The, I saw you talk to one economist who, who called some of this the new normal with getting used to lower wages versus uh, the cost of things. And I'll play the role of cold economist. Uh, when you have a major correction like that, there, there are things that, quote unquote, get corrected. And it's hard to change wages downward when things are going well because you know you don't give everybody in your company a pay cut and expect to mm-hmm. you know <laughs> be able to stay in yeah, business yeah. or get people to show up so this, this so, so for wages to go down it's got to be like layoffs or cat pretty fairly catastrophic things and you know I, I i know none of us feel like we 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 made tons more money as the as we late 90s to the 2000s but uh may, maybe those were the corrections that the market really wanted to make and it has found where it wants to be i don't want to be too negative but um there you go <laughs> well when he says when he says the new the new normal one of the things he's mentioning is that the economy has changed over the last 10 years mm-hmm. when like take for instance um uh we are now operating in uh uh 
the gig economy where people just don't have one job. They've got a job and then they've got something on the side, maybe two or three things. They might have an internet business or they might drive for Uber or they might uh, sell something over Etsy or, you know, you name it. There's a lot of ways to make money these days and you can have your own business operating out of your home. You also have a lot of more people working from home. You have Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the economy, the way it's evolved in some ways has made it easier to be an entrepreneur and hold a job at the same time. Uh-huh. But it's also it's also the sort of thing that requires a lot of individual uh, uh, inspiration. You know, you, you, you see an opportunity and you and you seize it and you have the tools basically if you got access to a computer and you know social media apps and, and and other kinds of ways to become an entrepreneur. But it's it's the ability to see it and seize it. You know, you've you've got that on the one side, and on the other side, you do have a situation where there are jobs out there, but there don't seem to be a lot of bodies gravitating toward those jobs for whatever reason, which goes back to that thing I mentioned earlier about workforce participation. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's, still, a, there's still, in some ways, we are still trying to figure this economy out. We feel kind of intuitively that the economy has changed, but in a way, we're still reaching out to see how far that change, you know, gravitates in all directions. Uh, it's, it is, I would say that it's in some ways incontestable that Alabama's economy has gotten better, but it's also incontestable that not everybody has, has been able to enjoy it as much. Now that, that, that holds true mm-hmm. for just about any time. Right. But, you know, it's, 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 as I said before, it's seeing an opportunity and seizing it. Right. Yeah. You talk talking about the, the changing in the, the new normal with the <clears throat> types of jobs and the types of business opportunities that, that are out there. You know, that's something that is evolving so quickly that over this recovery from since 2007, 2008 has, has been such a long period of time. It's almost like you, you can kind of recover in some of these sectors, but then things are changing and you're kicking that recovery can down the road. Am I making sense? You, you know, you get these green yeah. sprouts, but they're five, three years later, the green shoots are in the wrong place. It's really, that's well, not what's going to work. Well, what you had is, you know, the, the, the period of the actual recession lasted for two and a half to three years, mm-hmm. but the recovery aspect of it has been much slower and much harder. So it's given people the impression that the recession never really ended, you know, that it just kept on going. And it's only now that you're beginning to hear people talk seriously about a recovery, just in time for the stock market to go weird, right? you know, uh, <laughs> right. as it's doing the last few weeks or so. And that's, that's one of the things we'll be looking at going forward is, is how can you prepare for the next recession? Because everybody agrees that there's going to be another one. They just don't know when and and. And uh, some of the things that people can do to prepare are the sort of things they can do anytime to prepare for anything, uh, not just a recession, but, you know, unintended health expenses or sudden change in job or sudden change in social status or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, going back to what you were saying is, is that the recovery did take a very long time because wages didn't respond and uh, there, were, there was a lot of hesitation towards big investment on the part of you know industry, mm-hmm. uh, and that kind of kept things frozen where they were for a while. And there's a lot of reasons, and a lot of a lot of reasons have been thrown out for that. But the 
But, you know, if you're one of those people who is just trying to make ends meet, you don't really care what the reasons are. You're just ready for it to get better. And and in some ways it has. It's just that uh, it is, again, taking much longer than anybody anticipated. So are we uh, are things strong enough that we can bring down a gas tax on the state? How's that going to go over, you think? I know we're getting, <laughs> that's getting into politics there, but... Well, okay, so what I would say about the gas tax is, is you've got – anytime that you have a recession, you have belt tightening. And that's true not just for people uh, you know, on um, individual or family level, but it's also true for state government as well. And uh, what happens is, is your infrastructure suffers during those times. Now, everybody agrees that there are a lot of road needs around Alabama. Mm-hmm, large yeah. projects that have been put off and, and just yeah. basic maintenance because, you know, no matter whether you want to spend the money or not, those cars are still going over those roads and their potholes are happening. And, and you know, it just there are plans for things to streamline uh, roads that can't be done when you are not got as much revenue coming in. Well, now you got more revenue coming in, but you don't have enough to meet the needs that you had over that long haul. So I think there's a general consensus that something needs to be done in terms of a gas tax hike. The only question is, is what kind of effect will that have on your economy? And it goes back to that question that you know it comes up anytime there's talk of revenue increases in Alabama, which is uh, there are so many needs that you've got in terms of prisons, in terms of um, uh, infrastructure, in terms of uh, you know any kind of needs that the state has. And we still operate on a very, very low level of revenue, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you consider that. And uh, so, you know, I, I feel pretty certain that something's going to happen in terms of a gas tax. The only question is, you know, how much and, and what effect it will have. But I don't think that anybody listening to this is going to argue with the fact that there does need to be something done about, you know, highway problems in Alabama and and if you can't do it when you got more money coming in you never can yeah yeah I, and it's coming there's a no question and I, mm-hmm. I don't think people are mm-hmm. going to be mad that it's coming it's just how will it affect folks who you know we talked about groceries have gone up uh, mm-hmm. salaries have gone down for a lot of people and now um, you know the cost of travel is going to go up again but you know that's well, I, you know, I had a, I had a, I was talking to an economist a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about the fact that, you know, Alabama still taxes, in in or the theory behind Alabama's taxes are is still rooted deeply in the 19th century. Uh, you know, the idea that you use gas taxes to uh, fund your road construction, uh, and you know. The more people drive, the more money you theoretically have. But when you consider that the last time we had a gas tax increase was 1992, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. well, you know, I mean, I mean you, you can do the math. Uh, gas was much lower then. Mm-hmm. And any time there is any fluctuation in the gas price, that's, gonna, that's going to cause more people to drive or less people to drive depending on how much they're they're paying. And so much of Alabama's revenue is tied to economic activity in that way so that if times get worse we are hurting and if times get better we're doing a little bit better but we don't have much to draw on and so you know it's kind of like you're 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 in your own life you're trying to save money for hard times but when the hard times hit it wipes out your 
your it wipes out your um, your uh, reserve. Yeah, what you what you so, said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when it comes time for things to get better, you're just trying to keep up. You're not trying mm-hmm. to prepare for the next time. You just you know you just try to ease on into next week and and maybe you can go over to tunica and get a lottery ticket or (laughs) play the casinos or something like that but that's not going to happen most of the time you know i mean um alabama is in a unique position right now in that we are growing our manufacturing sector by leaps and bounds in terms of cars in terms of aeronautics in terms of you know Mm -hmm. and so many places you want to talk about Mm -hmm. well what are we getting out of that and how are we preparing for the future and can we make our infrastructure better to attract even more of that stuff? Mm-hmm. Now, those are some of the hard questions that kind of our state government is going to have to ask or a- answer at some point, because you know you, you we are we are growing, but you get the impression we could be growing a lot better mm-hmm. uh, if if we were to solve some of these problems that continue to pop up. And um, agriculture is a, is a still a big thing down, especially in the southern part of the state. And uh, they took a little hit, uh, or a big hit, in parts of the state uh, around Dothan to, from the hurricane. Uh, I know I've talked about the hurricane a lot on this show, and people might be tired of it, but it's 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 a real big deal down there. And um, the numbers that stuck out to me was eleven million dollars of pine straw, but. Uh, Houston, oh, yeah. Houston County mm-hmm. lost. I yeah. mean, that's just that's incredible. You know, that's how many years of working on the job is eleven million dollars. You know, um, well, you know, all, all of the. Uh, I mean, if we if we were to if we were to talk for a minute about the hit that the state took, you would think it's not that big, but then you look at the fact that it hit the agricultural sector right there at the uh, eastern southern tip of the state mm-hmm. and County. you're looking at uh, yeah you're looking at 106 million pounds of cotton degraded yeah. and you know that's 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 uh, looking at that that's 100% of their cotton crop well that's yeah. a major hit and it's something but I'm I'm not I don't know enough about agriculture but you know it's it's the sort of thing you wonder if it's just com- confined to this year or is this something that's going to affect them 2 3 4 years down the road you know, going forward. Well, specifically the the I know the pecan industry, and we, mm-hmm. we, we can talk we can talk about uh, how to pronounce it separately because everybody argues about that. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me, but the pecan industry is going to probably be tougher next year. Dennis Pillion, uh, our colleague, wrote about this mm-hmm. that uh, a lot of the pecans are on the ground now and can be harvested still this year, but there's damage to those trees and. You know, the, while there are some trees down, there are others that can die in the next 12 months. Mm-hmm. So um, that is one of them that, I mean, and they could end up doing other things with those land, with, uh, with that mm-hmm. land. And, um, you know, the price of pecans, the, it goes up some years incredibly anyway. You see what happens to that mm-hmm. crop because you can go in there and get a, a pack of uh, pecan halves and pay $10 sometimes and in the store. And that that's because something hit that industry that year so next year it's going to be a they're going to yeah, be some expensive pecan now. pies yeah that's right and and timber you know uh mm-hmm. unless you're in that sector you don't really think about how much timber is a part of the state's economy but it's mm-hmm. huge and and you're talking about um, you know a million dollars worth of losses uh in some areas and uh, the other thing too is is uh when you've got that much felled timber you got to do something with it Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's gonna that's going to uh, that's going to be 
uh, challenge going forward for a lot of people. Uh, I know um, just looking at uh, some of the figures that we got from Alabama Extension, they were talking about the the fact of uh, uh, when you've got that much fell timber, you've you've got wildfire risks, but yep. you've also got pine beetles, you know, mm-hmm. and that that's not just uh, a challenge for what got felled; it's also for your existing timber as well. Yeah, yeah, it's it's rough. I, I drove down the day after the hurricane. I think was it the day after or the day after that? I think it was no, it was the day after, and um, I didn't see a whole lot um, in. Alabama. Um, I wasn't driving around looking for it. I was staying on 231. Mm-hmm. But when you got to the state line is when I really started seeing um, the, the welcome center there. There were some trees down. And mm-hmm. by the time, um, yeah, and then by the time I got to Cottondale, it was it was pretty much just wall to wall, like someone had just mowed with a great big lawnmower and taken down a bunch of the, the pine trees. But uh, uh, mm-hmm. in, in Dothan, it was more in Houston County, uh, with the tree damage was more here and there, but where it got it, you know, obviously it got it because there's a, there was a, a a big number, a big hole in 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 that sector. Yeah, um, um, we've spent this time talking about uh, recession, obviously, and we're kind of, you know, when you're going into something like a a catastrophic hurricane, just a shade under five when it hits the beaches and everything. Uh, some people are going to come out of this just fine. And for some people, though, it's going to be, you know, a, a pivot point for their life, just mm-hmm. like a recession. Mm-hmm. What do I do from this point? Uh, everything that I have is gone, it's wiped out, mm-hmm. or, or I'm not sure I can get over this. And, you know, the individual challenge to anybody when they're going through that is what is the next step? And uh, that you know that that's that's something in doing these recession stories is that some people come out of these things doing much better than they were before it's almost like a blessing in disguise if they had not gone through this it wouldn't have made them into who they are and then other people you would think would be rock solid and then the storm hits or the the turmoil hits and they fold because they haven't prepared or whatever they did to prepare didn't work. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, uh, I think a larger story in all of, of this is that you never know until it happens. You can prepare, but you don't know until it actually hits you in the face. It's like that old saying, everybody's got a plan until you get hit in the face. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, I was in neighborhoods where you had someone who didn't have a single tree down on their house. They may have lost a mm-hmm. few shingles and uh, had a lot of work to do in their yard. And right next door um, is a, a mobile home that's half gone where the couple spent, mm-hmm. you know, spent the hurricane in that one half of the tr- uh, the, the mobile home that's still there. So, it, I mean, it, that that I mean, those little tiny slices uh, can determine so much because there are so many people down there living out of their cars right now, and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of people are gonna gonna go away and and maybe not come back. They may, may come to Alabama. It could affect uh, the Dothan and Montgomery economies in the long run. You know, it, it really could mm-hmm. uh, because it's mm-hmm. it's definitely gonna change down there. People are gonna come in who've never been there before. People are gonna leave who've been there their whole lives. It, and, and like, yeah, like you said, it, you don't know until it happens because, I mean, gosh, just a, a, a few feet on the other side of the property, uh, 
a few feet on the other side of the property line could be a whole different story. It's, uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's, that's kind of how it is. I, I've been looking at pictures. Um, I finally got some, uh, before and after photos of a, a part of Panama city called the cove. Uh, I have friends and, and family who live in there. And, um, I mean, I've seen as dramatic as this in other places, but something of that area is just so lush. It's right there on St. Andrew Bay, uh, near downtown in the Marina. And there's these old growth oaks and everything. And now, I mean, it's like, um, uh, it's like post-apocalyptic look to some of the, some of the, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's heartbreaking beyond, I mean, I was so caught up in, is everybody in my family alive? That once I found that out and I had a home in Birmingham to go back to, I was not, nothing else phased me very much. Yeah, my hometown is just crushed, but my gosh, they're alive. That's what I wanted. But now I think enough days have gone by. People are now going, well, I live here in this particular yard and spent all my life mm-hmm. in this beautiful spot in this awesome backyard that they've got a you know, they've got to mourn that as well. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, all the way up to the Dothan area, you, you have some of that, you know? So, yeah. Anyway, I got, <laughs> I could go on about that. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, well, you, you, you replant and you, you build it back and you drive nails until you get it like you want it. That's the way it is with everything. I mean, uh, uh, we, uh, whenever you're talking about, for example, the recession, you're talking about a period of only, say, two or three years in economic terms. But what everyone kind of gravitates back in their mind to is the depression. And that was, you know, it wasn't 10% unemployment, it was 25% unemployment. Oh, yeah. People yeah. with their entire life savings wiped out, and you didn't have a social safety net like you do mm-hmm. now. So you were just on your own. And yeah. there were people who, who were, their entire lives were transformed, their the trajectory of their kids was transformed. People who had had money all their lives suddenly deprived of it, and it, they lost a part of themselves. Mm-hmm. And anybody who's listening to this, if you ever had relatives who went through the Depression, you know, my grandmother never threw anything away. Cause she oh, yeah. She needed it later. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, so she lived to be 97, and we had stuff piled up, and we had no idea what any of it meant because, you know, she – why'd you keep this? Uh, nobody else was saying would keep this. <laughs> what were you doing for it with it? You know, and, and it was, I might need it later. You know, yep. uh, you don't, you don't, you don't trade away your car. You might need it later. You don't, That's right. you know, and, and things like that. So, so um, with uh, something like a hurricane, you, 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 again, you, you don't know how somebody's going to react until they're actually in that moment. And uh, some people respond just exactly like you would expect. And then other people just completely surprise you. Yeah. Bill, I've, I've enjoyed this and we, we, you know, this is really economics is like the, the, the dreary uh, science and all, but you know, we have a lot of positive (laughs) stuff going on here and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, some stuff where we're, we hope that continues to get better, but pleasure to talk to you, man. Let's do it again soon. Hey, thank y'all for listening. If you haven't yet, it'd be awesome if you were to go onto your app and give us a rating through whatever platform you're using. We just appreciate your taking the time with us. For William Thornton, my name's Ike Morgan. We're down in Alabama, and you can come see us 24 hours a day, seven days a week at AL.com. <laughs>